Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. All right. We are this close to spring season starting. Very, very exciting. Starting to see the social media posts. We got qualifying going on. We're starting to get the Southern schools out and about. Feels like spring is in the air. And once again, saw a master's commercial. commercial. Nothing says spring is around the corner like that. But before we get into tonight's podcast, uh, a quick talk about our friends at Titleist. So you're ever faithful, intrepid podcaster, uh, went and got a fitting with Titleist. Uh, shocker, since Titleist is sponsoring the podcast, but a special shout out to Trevor Davis, uh, who went to Oakland University up in Michigan. He, he, he helped start the uh, club golf team up there. He was awesome, and I got to hit everything that Titleist has to offer, with the exception of the new wedges, which are coming out soon. But man, what a great experience. First of all, full track man there, ready to go. They had every kind of shaft, loft, lie, angle. We were really working on spin rates and watching the ball flight and all that kind of stuff. It's a great experience. If you haven't had a chance to go get fit by a Titleist fitter, do it today because it will change your world. So I, we were going through my iron set. I'm going to have a split set where I'm going to have be in the 150s. For most of the set, and the four and five iron going to be in the T200s uh, is a low ball hitter. That that probably helps me a little bit. We got the, the lie and lofts just right. So super excited about that. And Titleist continues to deliver for us here at D3 Golf Guys, and they will deliver for you. So hit up your local Titleist rep today and get fitted. All right. Now, let's jump into the podcast. So the podcast tonight is really going to be focused on the current state of who's in and who's out of nationals, and where do we need to watch specifically both interconference and intra-conference, right? So we're going to start with the women's game because there are only five non-automatic qualifier spots to get into nationals as of today. Now, remember, there can be changes to this. There have been years past where we have added one or taken one away based on somebody not fielding a team here or there and somebody losing an automatic qualifier, but then so one would move into usually pool C. And so, but that's unlikely to happen. And in most of the cases, if there's somebody there that was going to go to nationals anyway, that was a threat, they're going to go no matter what. So, Okay, we're going to kind of eliminate the the automatic qualifiers. We're going to focus in on Pool B and Pool C. Now, for the women's game, I'm going to use the Golf Week Sagarin rankings. I, I know everybody's looking at the clipped rankings. I still don't believe in them. I think they'll be better by the end of the spring. But right now, I'm going to use the Golf Week Sagarin rankings until I can get a coach's poll. I always will defer to the coach's poll at any point in time. When we talk about the men, I will be using the Golf Coaches Association poll that they put out every time because the coaches know best. I've been in the, around this game for a long, long time, and nobody knows this game better than the coaches who are actually coaching it. So, But in, in the interim, I'm going to use that. The good news is Sagarin or Clip, there's a very few differences. Mostly in the Clip stuff... It, there's a little bit more of a favor to the Northeast teams. We're not getting four Northeast teams into the national championships for for the women's nationals. There's no way that's going to happen. That's just not going to happen. So the, I think the golf week Sagarin ones are probably where we have the best. And we're going to talk enough depth that those things can change. And we're going to know kind of who's in it. So first 
Remember that in the women's game, we're going to have 24 automatic qualifiers. That leaves two pool B spots and three pool C spots. Well, in both cases here, the pool B is going to be dominated by the UAA teams that do not have an automatic qualifier. And that conference is Emory, Carnegie Mellon from a golf perspective. There are other schools, great schools in that conference, but Emory and Carnegie Mellon are going to take up those two. They're in the top of every poll and they are going to get into pool B. That's just, that's the way it is. Wash U is the other high ranking pool B team out there. I don't see them getting in front of Emory or Carnegie this year. Like the, the fall was too dominant. And I just think the spring, they're not going to see them head to head enough that it's going to really get them over the top. Okay, so Pool B, the two Pool B spots in the women's game, I think are already kind of accounted for in Emory and Carnegie Mellon. Okay, so what it really gets down to for the women's game is Pool C. And we only have three spots for Pool C. And we probably have nine teams that are good. And so you're like, all right, we got nine for three, essentially. And now in no particular order, but I'm going to go in the order that they were ranked in the Golf Week Sagarin rankings. Carlton would be the first off of that list. All right. They're currently ranked ninth in the Golf Week Sagarin rankings. They've played really well up against St. Kate's. They've had good scores. They're in there. And again, some of this can move and do some things. So nobody get upset. But this is where we're kind of looking to say, okay, this is where things are. Because remember, St. Kate's is number four in the Golf Week Sagarin ranking. And they've already won conference. So that's the, that's why we usually tend to start with the northern teams, because a couple of them will have already played their conference. So we know that St. Kate's is in the national championship already. We know they're in. Okay. Next for Pool C is Redlands, University of the Redlands. So we've got Pomona, who is in the top two in both polls. or They're three in one poll and two in the Golf Sagarin poll. Hard-pressed to, to do that. Now, the advantage for Redlands is they're going to see Pomona a whole bunch because they'll play a bunch of California-only tournaments all throughout the spring. So they got a chance to go head-to-head with them several times to where they could put their stamp and go, no, no, we're better now right before nationals so that's a big advantage to the university of the redlands but if if the, if the nationals started today according to the golf week saga rankings redlands would be in the third position would be wash U. right so if you go down to say who's not going to win their conference if we if if they're ranked higher they we say they win their conference wash U, who's currently 11th in the sagarin rankings would get in now they're 17th in the clipped rankings. So this is where you're going to see some of those discrepancies. It's fine. We got a long spring season to go, and this will usually play out. But right now, Wash U would get in over Amherst. Now, again, Amherst is is ranked at 10th in the clipped rankings. They're 12th in the golf staggering. So Amherst and Wash U are right there. Amherst needs to go clip Williams and do what they can and, you know, Amherst isn't out of conference either. They could still win the conference and make the get the automatic qualifier over Williams. Now, Williams has handled them several times already, but that's where we're going to kind of talk about. And we'll go back through some of the automatic qualifiers and where things can go. But you figure with the way Pomona 
and Williams played in the spring, they're pretty much going to get in. Even if the other team kind of does a bid steal, they're probably in. Because remember, we're only getting three teams in for the women. And so if you look at this, you're like, okay, Amherst, you got to play really, really well. Well, also, in, in, in fifth in this thing would be Claremont. Remember, the California schools have been really good. They're ranked really high. And, but, but Claremont is eighth in the clipped rankings, but Claremont's 13th in the golf Sagarin rankings. So, you know, Hey, they could be, they could be leapfrogging both of these teams. And so that's why we, we talk about this kind of stuff to go, okay, Hey, hold on. Let's, let's reset where we are. So to me that, that top five is there. Then you get into Hamilton, Middlebury, six, seven. I just don't think you're going to get four, three teams from the, the Northeast in there. It, it, it just won't work out. The head to head, it will eventually, unless they all do a round Robin, which will bring them all down eventually because somebody else is going to win. Right. Uh, Mary Harden, Baylor kind of in the eighth spot, knowing that Texas at Dallas is kind of ahead of them in the polls. It could be either or right. And so, that's why if you hear one of those names and you hear me say Mary Hard Baylor and, and you're in their conference and you're ahead of them in the polls, like University of Texas at Dallas, you need to keep it that way. You need to win the automatic qualifier. Because if you don't and Mary Hard Baylor wins the automatic qualifier, you are might end up down here in the eighth spot and not go into nationals, which would be a disaster. And so the last team on the list here is Bethel. From Minnesota. Now, again, I think some of this is going to play out, but so if you look here, what are we really looking at? Wash U is the other pool B team. And then we have two California schools, two Northern, Northern Minnesota schools, and then the Northeastern schools and the, and the opposite Texas school. So right now we're fighting for three spots. Okay. It's going to be between Carlton and Bethel. Who, who's going to play well enough and, and play, Put, put the stamp on it to see if they can get one of those three spots. Who in California wants to take on Pomona and either put them behind them or show that they can beat them enough that they win one of the spots? Wash U is going to need to play very, very well across the board. And then lastly, in the Northeast, is there somebody that can play Williams and hard enough and beat them once or twice in the spring here in order to put themselves and leapfrog some of these other teams to get in there? When I look at the rankings, I don't see enough other teams where you have two from a certain conference to really threaten where we are. You know, I think that the next thing is Center and Rhodes at the UAA. They're at 19th and 25 in the clipped rankings. They're Center's 18th in the Golf Sagarin rankings, and Rhodes is further down. So with only three spots, I mean, we're probably going to be inside the top 15 for sure maybe inside the top 12 or 10 for who's going to be making it into nationals in that pool C. So it is really, really tight. Now, if you're one of these other schools and you think you can win your conference, you better because right now there are enough teams up here at the top of any of the rankings that those three pool C spots go real fast. And I mean, really fast. So the women's race is really, really tight. And when you step back and look at this, I, uh, man, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be, but if I had to guess, I think you're going to get, I think it's going to be one of the Minnesota schools, one of the California schools, and then 
one of the Northeast schools or Wash U. It's going to be one of the, that, that you have. To me, it's it, the buckets are going to be um, the other mid Minnesota school, the other Northeast school, Wash U, and the, one, the another California school. And that's about it. I don't I don't see anybody else that's going to come racing up the list here that makes me go, okay, yeah, we're not, you're in, right? So if you're in the SAA, better win conference because right now you're far enough behind, there's enough teams in front of you that might be kind of hard to get in as a, as a pool C bid. If you're, you know, in the ODAC, you better win your conference because, you know, Washington and Lee is, is up there ready to go. And I don't see them losing, but if they do, then that changes the math on everything. So, you know, when we watch the women's, as we get closer to nationals, we're really going to be thinking about that bid stealing, right? Is who doesn't win their conference that should have, and what does that do? Because that will kick some serious, that'll kick some seriously good players, the good teams out of this competition. And so, all right, game on, ladies. It's it's right here in front of you. You've got a shot. I would say if you're out in California, Minnesota, the Northeast, or Wash U, if you have that doesn't help motivate you to start practicing, boy, let me tell you, you guys have to really buckle down and work to get into nationals because this field is going to be probably the best women's field we've had in a long, long time. And I'd be willing to bet that we're going to break some records at that this nationals from a scoring perspective that's how good the golf has been lately okay that's the women so the, the women have a tighter pool c but i think it's a little more compressed the men have more spots but i think it's a little more open because we're going to have a lot more movement between the teams all right so as we move over to the men first i want to give a special shout out to the guys up at Babson who were uh, trying to raise a little money over the weekend, and this past weekend, and they were doing a great job, and they came up with this thing where they were going to hit balls on a simulator until they made a hole-in-one. And I was following along and keeping tabs on them, and I checked in on the second day and was it was watching a little bit. And they're like, you got to come on, and I, I couldn't do that. and so I, But I'm thinking, well, they're going to make this hole-in-one eventually. Well, when the third day rolled around, I decided that's enough. I'm coming on live on Instagram to do that. Well, guys up at Babson, great job. I did not see a hole in one, but this young man had duct tape around his fingers, fully committed. We were trying to get the right club. We were trying to get the right shape. Uh, so, guys, congratulations. Excellent, excellent work. Uh, and, and keep up the good work. And if anybody else has those kinds of things out there, let us know. We love to jump on Instagram live and support your causes and things you guys are working on out in D3 uh, because we, we like that kind of stuff uh, at, at, that helps promote not only the school but a good cause and and our golf team. So guys at Babson, congratulations. That was awesome. Um, next time, let's try to do it in a day. All right. On the men's side, again, we're going to do the same kind of thing. So we're going to look at who is in and who is out based on the golf coaches poll. Okay. So we'll give you a good example. One of the first example is Oglethorpe is at five in the golf coaches poll and eight and Swanee is eight in the golf coaches poll. They are in the same conference. One of them is most likely going to win that conference. 
that they don't have really another person in that conference on the list, right? So one of them's going to win. Right now, both of them would most likely be in, but that's where we have to kind of watch and follow along. The men will be a little harder, and that's why we'll talk a little bit more about the men as we go because there can be a lot more movement here because there's more people. So remember, on our men's side, we've got 34 automatic qualifiers, one pool B, and eight pool C. Okay, so let's start with pool B real easy. It's Emery. Emery's number two in the country. We're getting first place votes. It's a slam dunk. Emery's going to get the pool B spot. The only thing that could happen is Carnegie gets him a couple, and then both of them are going to get in anyway. Because Carnegie is the first pool C team, because if you don't get the pool B bid, then you move to pool C, and Carnegie is going to get the first pool C. Uh, So unfortunately for everybody else out there, it doesn't matter whether it's men or women, Emery and Carnegie have been playing so well, they're getting in. <laughs> uh, but so Emory, let's just put Emory in in pool B. Carnegie's for the first spot in pool C. Next will be Sewanee from the SAA from, and they're currently eighth in the coaches poll, right? So if you're looking at it, we're going to say Lynchburg, who's a seven is going to win the ODAC, which puts Washington and Lee nine in, right? right in the pool C. So Carnegie, Swanee, Washington, and Lee, St. John's. Remember, Bethel got the, the the Minnesota Conference Championship. So St. John's, who's currently ranked 11th, they're already in Pool C. So they need to have a really good spring season to make sure they're in. Because if they slip up and you know don't play well, they could fall out of this thing real fast. Okay, after St. John's and the, the fourth team into Pool C, we have Babson. Babson is a pool B team, uh, but from a nationals ranking perspective, that's where they would fall because they're currently 14th in the coaches pool, but they're pool B. But once you get put into pool C, you're in a pool C just like everybody else. So that's, that, that's kind of how that thing works. So, you know, good thing they got duct tape on their hands, but we gotta, we gotta get the Babson guys playing a little bit better to make sure they secure that spot. The sixth team in would be Pomona. Now, Claremont Mud Scripps is currently sixth in the coaches' poll. Pomona is 15. Uh, Pomona is going to have plenty of shots at Claremont. Claremont's separated a little bit. I have confirmed that Claremont is going to be going to the Jekyll Island tournament. So we're going to get to see Claremont come east and play a lot of those, the, the southern schools. So Claremont's going to have a chance to put a stamp on some things. If they come to Jekyll and finish in the top two or three, they're probably stamping their ticket to, to nationals. Because they're going to have a whole bunch of wins on other people that they're not going to see. But Pomona can put themselves in there by going out and beating Claremont several times, right? Okay, next would be Guilford based on the polls. for. They're currently 18th in the coaches poll. Now they're in with Lynchburg and Washington and Lee, but they're currently 18th in the coaches poll. Then in the eighth spot would be Christopher Newport. They are also a pool B team. So... You'd have three Pool B teams in Pool C for the men, and that would get you in. Greensboro would be nine. They're 20th in the coaches' poll. Averett, 21. Piedmont, 23. Kenyon, 12. So Kenyon's would be would be in this with Wittenberg at 12. Piedmont in Pool C because they have Huntingdon, who is in in front of them. Averett is in with Greensboro, 
and Methodist. So Methodist is already in that. So you can see where this is kind of going. So what, where do we focus? So we know Bethel is in the nationals. We know St. John's is definitely in pool C. The pool B teams, it, it you know, Emory and Carnegie, one of them is going to get the actual pool B. The other one will be the first pool C team. Babson and Christopher Newport going to need to make sure they do some things. Now, I know for a fact that Babson is going to be at Hampton Sydney's tournament in Forest Creek, awesome golf course, uh, in the Pinehurst area. So that will be a really big tournament for those guys to play well and beat some of those Southern schools and tick them up this list enough to go, we're good. We're in over some of these Southern, the, the second team from a Southern conference. Pomona, it needs to go out and beat Claremont as many times as they can out in the California. Uh, that still may not be enough because if Claremont comes in and beats and, and does really well at Jekyll, that will put them up. Now, if Claremont comes to Jekyll and doesn't do so well and drops them down the board, that will hurt both them and Pomona unless Pomona can take care of business and probably sweep the spring as we get in there. And then really, if if I'm looking at this right now, I think both of the top two SAA teams are probably in. Oglethorpe and Swanee are probably getting in based on their performance in the spring now or then the fall. Hey, you guys still got to play well in the spring, but right now I'm looking at they're probably in. So Washington and Lee and Lynchburg are probably in. St. John's I think is in. Then I think it gets really interesting. I think those those top four spots are going to be Emory and Carnegie are going to be Pool B and number one in Pool C. Oglethorpe and Swanee are probably switched. One of those two are in. Washington and Lee and Lynchburg are probably one of those two will go in as automatic. One will be in Pool C. And then St. John's, I think, has got the lead on everybody else into Pool C. So if I'm looking at it, you know, we only get four more spots after that. Babson, Pomona, Guilford, Christopher Newport, Greensboro, Averett, Piedmont, Kenyon. Well, Piedmont, Averett, Greensboro, Christopher Newport, Guilford all play in a lot of the same tournaments. A lot of the same tournaments. So we're going to be able to follow along really, really closely. And that's when we start looking at, oh, who won the tournament? Oh, Emory won. Oh, Mathis won. No, no, no. We're going to be looking at who finished sixth and who finished eighth because that is where this is going to come down to. This is going to come down to you might not be having your best day and you might not win the tournament, but can you finish two spots ahead of the team you absolutely have to finish two spots ahead of? Because that could be the difference of you going to nationals or you staying home. And and look, I, I've I've sat in vans and in, in, in disappointment when we left a tournament and realized we were trying to go win the tournament when if we just finished third instead of finishing fifth, we would probably would have been in nationals, kind of had it locked up and still had to sweat out some things. And <clears throat> this is where I think if I think if you look at the women's side, I think there's fewer fewer calculations, right? Fewer variables there. The men's side, there are a lot, a lot of variables. But I think a lot of the the when you go through the top twenty teams, a lot of the teams in there that are probably gonna win their automatic qualifier are pretty much a guarantee. You know, I I Methodist is probably gonna win their conference. If they don't, that'd be very surprising. Lynchburg and Washington and Lee, I think that'll be a good conference tournament, but I think both of them get in. Same thing with Oglethorpe and Suwannee. I think St. John's needs to play well 
because the last thing you want to do is kind of stumble and, and have a bad spring and, and cause Bethel's in. So you don't want to get down the list. Babson needs to come South and play well, right? They, they're just, they're in like, look, if that's your one chance to get in front and to keep yourself in front of Guilford, Christopher Newport, Greensboro, Averett, Piedmont, you better deliver because if you come down and they all beat you and they all beat you by 20 strokes, it may put you out of nationals. Uh, so I, I just, I look at this and go, oh man, we're going to get fireworks this spring. Um, you know, I look at it to kind of say, okay, there's going to be kind of two races in the men's game. There's going to be the race at the top, which is Methodist, Emory, Carnegie, Illinois, Wesleyan, Oglethorpe, Claremont. Th- those guys have kind of all battled around. Everybody's kind of won a big tournament. Methodist and Emory have separated a little bit, but hey, anything can happen over winter break. And we've seen people come out and stub their toe and not play very well. And that goes for everybody on that list. But I think that's going to be the, okay, who's really in contention to kind of be the favorite or or one of the favorites going into nationals. And I think the other big one is going to be who's taking the last three spots and that that's going to get you into nationals. And it's could come from seven to eight to nine different teams. You know, I, I look here and go, okay, where's my Texas team? Texas at Dallas is at 10 in the coaches poll. You know, no other Texas team is in there. Okay, but well, what happens if Mary Harden Baylor's men step up and come up and get Texas at Dallas or somebody else steps into that spot? Okay, Texas at Dallas at 10. Now, sudden they're in and they're above St. John's. And so we'll still have to watch bid stealing in, in aspects of this as well, because you can play great all fall, all fall, all spring. Do you lose your conference tournament and you lose it to the wrong person and at the wrong time? And it could put you out of nationals. Now, do I think some of these teams have done enough in the spring to get in? Yeah, I do. But it's tight. It's tight. And there's a big field of people that are going to competing for it. Um, so again, we'll be watching, you know, the first couple tournaments and we'll be at a tournament. So I'm really excited that we're going to be live at Jekyll Island tournament for spring break. Uh, we're still working out some of the logistics there, but you will see us. Uh, we will be there and we're going to be doing live shows every night after the tournament round. Uh, we're going to be out and about. We're going to try to get there for at least one of the practice rounds. We'll be walking around. We may set up on the practice range. We're going to be we want you to come over and talk to us. We want to put you on. Um, we're going to try to have some video stuff. We'll try to do some interviews post-round. Um, some very exciting stuff. We'll, we're going to try to build a, a video to, that we put onto YouTube that is basically the story of that tournament as best as we can do that. Um, we're going to be trying out some Instagram live stuff. So it's going to be a little bit experiment, a little bit of an experiment for us. But we're really excited about that. And we're also working on some other cool ideas. Uh, that we hope to bring to you soon. Uh, but super excited about our partnership with Titleist. Um, you guys have been doing great. We have some really great affiliates that we also work with. Our, our friends at Pinned Golf have been doing great things for us, and you guys have been uh, liking their products. We've got some other stuff that's going to come online soon that you'll be very excited about. And all those things help us deliver content for you guys in the Division Three world. And I'm super excited because we're really starting to kind of take it to the next step where we want to start doing more videos and YouTube stuff and Instagram live things. So um, stay tuned and hold on because this could get really fun and exciting as we continue to kind of expand the D3 golf guys universe 
uh, into some new things and some new spaces. So I'm very excited. I know you guys are. I can't wait to get the season cranked up. I, I, I'm, I'm itching to get to talking about results. we got a couple weeks here, and there's going to be tournaments in California, and I'm super excited about it. So, oh, man, here we go. Uh, if, if this doesn't get you excited for what's to come, where we're actually talking about who's in and who's out and where you got to be and who you got to beat, that is what Division Three golf is all about because we know how to do it the right way. And it is right there in front of you. It's to go dig it out of the dirt and go make it happen. So keep your head down. Keep practicing. Hit him straight. Cheers.